microphone's a million miles away. (laughs) 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 Who who among us is not dealing with seasonal allergies? I'm not surprised. Uh, I have COVID. (laughs) (laughs) It's not allergies, it's COVID. I mean, probably not. Um, But that, that whole, like, Wake up in the morning, like cough half a long hour. You want to go like, ahead and get the the wax ready now? I'm, dude. This is some wax. Isn't oh. that a Kesha song? Wake up in the morning. Is it allergies or COVID? Here we are. Hey everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, do you want to do a can open? I forgot about that. Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. Uh, I am Michael Moeller, joined tonight by David Satterley and John Ronane at Bluegrass Homebrew Supply here in Louisville, Kentucky. Back again. feel like we haven't had uh, a podcast together, let alone like let alone alone together in a while so it's it's good to kind of have this throwback episode guys i got to feel like i was hanging out with you all because i got to i'm in editing all of the charlotte north carolina podcasts so we've teased the first one of those already no we've, we've published the first one of those which is really just a tease to all of your all's adventures in charlotte that we still have to share with the listeners I, I just appreciate being alone with you guys. Yeah, okay. Well, I was trying to avoid that creepy comment. <laughs> yeah. Just move on. But, I mean, we, we had uh, four great podcasts uh, out there. Uh, one has been published already. The three will come when they come. But also, guys, I mean, we have other podcasts coming in from from uh, Austin, I think. Yeah. Pro- yeah, probably. Those are, those are kind of in the works. So that's going to happen in the future. So it's good to get out there, kind of spread the message about Kentucky Common and see what other people are doing with barrels around the country, things that we can be doing here in Louisville as well. Uh, and uh, if you want to see some of the footage from those trips of ours, we brought the camera with us. And you can see that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash kycommons. Uh, but if you, if you don't want to spend three bucks a month, that's fine. You can do something for free, though, and it's going to help us a lot. And that's just give us a five star review on, on any podcast platform that you listen to. I was going to say make a voodoo doll of our podcast and put it in a number one chart position on your wall. That would also be free. It would be a time investment. But anyway, I don't. Under- so you have like a, a chart on the wall where you just like rank people. Number one podcast and make a little voodoo doll like, about Louisville beer and just put it in number one. It's spooky season. Is this what people do for like the Leo Weekly Awards? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, oh, also, yeah, that's that's already closed. I think we could yeah. shout ourselves out for that, but yeah, that's that's done. Right. Uh, but yeah, so we have uh, we have some options where you can give us some love if you want, because you know we we have some fun on this podcast. Uh, and when I know when it's just going to be us three, it gets a little a little goofy sometimes. But we're going to embrace that. Uh, but before we get too goofy, let's start off with a kind of serious beer, because David, you have a serious beer over there. What do we what do we got? I think it's serious because there's wax on it, <clears throat> uh, but it, it's probably it's probably a little lighthearted. Um, we did um, snag a couple of beers. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> not made by Bells. It is made by Bells. Uh, not this beer. Um, like Michael mentioned on our travels, we did um, explore a couple of breweries. So from um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Bad at that every time. <laughs> South Dakota. <laughs> Uh, we do have a bottle from Fauna Flora. It does have some wax on it, but nothing like the uh, like the against the grain wax. They're heavy, uh, heavy handed with the wax over there. Yeah, at this is like a, a half a crown. It's probably not that much wax. <laughs> 
Uh, but we did grab um, what could only be described as a magnificent Appalachian ale. I'm getting the aroma. It smells really good. Yeah. So this is a uh, Appalachian wild ale, aged gin barrels called Why Cause from Fonta Flora, right? From Fonta Flora. Yeah. Um, why Cause is a colloquial saying that means "What the hell are you doing?" and "Why?" Why Cause? Why? Uh, but yeah. This is a new addition to their Can I Kick It series. It's a fruit forward wild ale um, with uh, some plum jam, luxurious nectarines, aged in old time gin barrels for an unbelievable botanical complexity. I will say that we tasted this when we were exiting the brewery and immediately we're like, yeah, we'll have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I'm excited yeah. for you to get to try it, John, because yeah. this, this is a really good beer. Well, I love Fontaflora, so excited to hear what this is taste like uh it's funny because i i had had them first time i ever had fonta flora was a, like in 2018 or maybe 2019 or something so it's i was kind of late to the game uh but i only had it at a shelton brothers festival uh, event and i didn't really ever have it since then however uh in the last two months i've managed to go to all three locations of theirs nice they have their original location in uh the middle of nowhere north carolina uh <laughs> I mean, that's the area. I don't remember yeah. the exact place where it's brewed. Uh, and then they have their um, their farm, I think, wherever it is. I don't know where that one is. It Maybe that's the Nebo one. The farm is the Nebo one. And then they have uh, the Charlotte. Nebo, yeah. Yeah. And then they have the Charlotte one, which was kind of like in this awesome like market area with you know shops and lots of food. So I'm kind of glad I read the back of the package. I'm kind of glad I didn't. The label looks very bright and lemony, and that was the first thing I smelled was like a very bright citrusy, lemony, uh, like, this is going to sound like it's a negative comment, but like it's almost that kind of light, kind of lemon, like floor cleaner kind of vibe. Like it's acetic, but it's also very bright and citrusy. To me, that's a good thing. But then I, I see that it's uh, plum. Is that right? Uh, yeah, they mentioned plums on it um, as being like plum jam and nectarine. So I get that I get it more when I taste it. But yeah, I think when I, everything I'm smelling there is just that wild character. So that is fantastic. The yeah. drip is dripping here. In this shot. <laughs> I think I think what they do really well is just blending and taking those unique flavors and putting them into it's one incredible culminating good. beer. So yeah, Asian I, gin barrel, uh, old Tom gin barrels. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No, I wouldn't have guessed this was a plum anything Mm-mm. just by the color and the taste um so that's pretty neat when we went to this location of Flora, which like i said is like in this kind of like hip market area um this is not like uh, you, you know what i mean when i say that like you have a a brewery for people that don't go to breweries or you have like a level one brewery kind of brewery this is like a level 90 brewery like this is like the stuff that they release is very kind of exquisite comp- complex uh, I mean, like they have some approachable pilsners, but like this is a, a wild ale for people that like wild ales. It's like the boss fight, like of craft beer. Like, yeah, this is, yeah, it's up there with like some of the best sours you can get anywhere. So like uh, the the compound that it was on is an old mill. Um, Charlotte's converted many of their old mills into these like vendor halls. This one was Optimist Hall, um, and then this was kind of on that base floor. Uh, but you know, talking to the bartenders a little bit, they're like, yeah. So people come in, they have this great food upstairs and then they come downstairs and they're like, yeah, let's, you know, let's have a beer. And they're just not, not necessarily like in tune with how next level this is. Um, but the one beer you had, uh, Michael, the, the pumpernickel. Yeah, that was a weird one. (laughs) 
Do you remember the details on that? Interesting, yeah. too, to me is like, so Fontaflora is one of these people that has really just successfully uh, leaned into this kind of crazy, not crazy, but just like this, just like you're saying, like this barrel funk development thing. We haven't seen as much of that in Louisville. We've got a few people Kentucky wide who are really kind of starting to lean into the, like we had when we had uh, uh, the uh, Loot Today people, we tasted the Turtleback. Uh, yeah, that was a Brett Saison. Yeah, they were uh, they do a lot of funky sour stuff, but you don't see as much of it around town these days. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the level of like potential contamination mm-hmm. requires an immense amount of cleaning and being very specific. Um, Funafora launched several years ago with their member program. It was just AWAS, all wild, all sour. Nice. So they've really like hung their hat on that, and I think this is an excellent expression of you know, all the good things they're doing. Yeah, to answer your, your question earlier, um, the, the beer that I had, uh, which was called Night Swim, was a mixed culture Kvass-style ale brewed with pumpernickel bread hmm. and fermented on third-use cherries and aged on Night Swim coffee. So you had pumpernickel coffee, mixed culture, fermentation. Like, it was the we- it was one of the weirdest beers I've ever had. I don't even know if it's technically a, a beer. It's if it was that... Because we get a few people coming in here every month. We had a... Uh, uh, what's the country of origin on that? Poland? On, on that Kva- on the Kvass or whatever they call that stuff. Oh, I don't know. Oh, anyway, I know it's like an Eastern European kind of thing, but they use rye bread or pumpernickel bread usually in place of yeast. So they make like a weak wort, and then you throw a piece of bread in there with other kind of fermentables that you have laying around, and it's like halfway between like kombucha and beer or something. Is that what it tasted like? Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, sure. I think it was kind of weird like that. Um, and and then just also just. For another point, um, the other uh, Fontaflora location I went to, I remember having something called Stein wine, which was this barley wine that was served still and like in just like a rocks glass. It was very odd, hmm. but it was um, it was just regular barley wine uh, boiled with hot granite rocks. Okay, so just throw some rocks into the boil, make it boil the whole. Uh, or like it was, it was like the things that they do are just so out there. Well, that's a historical thing too. So like. It's a very modern uh, the convenience that we have the ability to like put beer. If you're a home brewer, you can put your pot on your stove and boil it. Um, even up until like the Renaissance, most people couldn't get their hands on like a, a giant iron pot to even homebrew in, like we take for granted today. So you would get these like clay jars, or you would dig like an earthen hole and line it with clay, and then to boil it, you just like put rocks in a fire until they're like as hot as the freaking sun turning back into magma and then you drop it in there and you just keep dropping incredibly hot rocks into your wort until it starts to boil and that's how you would make beer up until like you know depending upon the level of industrialization in a society like in germany oh the early to mid middle ages i would say don't quote me on any of this stuff but that's the general idea so it's cool that they're doing that because that's probably how beer was made and tasted for most of history and you have to expect that would create some very interesting caramelization effects uh Mm. that you don't get like with a nice evenly distributed gentle heating system like we use today all i'm gonna say is i'm glad we have technology because that that beer just not for me not for you it it, it sounds like a lot of work honestly and if if i was in you know if i was the brewer in that 
situation, I just wouldn't want to do it. it sounds like it's a little bit out of my job description. To heat up rocks. <laughs> to heat up rocks and to brew. Like, I don't want to have to, like, hey, hey, welcome to your first day of brewing. Uh, <laughs> hey, heat these rocks up for us. Uh, nah, dude, I, I'd, I'd rather just, like, clean. I would probably quit or, like, very silently exit out of that position yeah. because I, I, I came to brew beer. I'm not here to heat rocks. So it's like, that's, so, that's some, like, mammalian shit from the early, like, Right. Well, I mean, you're doing the, the whole quiet quitting thing that quiet people are talking quitting. about right now. Y- yeah, I, I, I tried that. It's not easy for me to quiet quit. But, I've heard uh, a few people around town talk and a lot of like a lot of our customers, whatever, work in all different industries. But even in the beer industry, I've heard a few like people just kind of resonating with that idea. I don't know how I feel about it. I have thoughts. How do you guys feel? Is it OK? So first of all, how do you define quiet quitting? I think it's when you just slowly like this, this big goal of like overachieving and being number one employee is kind of fading like hustle culture. I think, I think the hustle culture is dying a little bit. I think uh, motivation has really come to a, a head of like, Hey, mo- my motivation is money or, or fulfillment in my job. And like, you know, you, you kind of lose that luster and, you know, be it like underperformance or just not, not vibing with, all right, well, so let me anymore, I'll, let me just you, jump in here to no, define the term. No, you, 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 you already asked us what yeah. we what we think about it. Well, though. let me tell you what I, here's my understanding of it, and it goes it's a little different than what you're saying. Okay. It's like basically you show up to work. Let's say you have a nine to five, and you're let's make up a hypothetical job. It's like a, a rock heater to put the rocks into the kettle to heat up the beer to boil it. So your job description that you're like a matriarch in your like brewing town gave you is you show up at 6 a.m. You heat up the rocks. You put them in the kettle until it comes to a boil. And after it's been boiling for three hours, you're free to go. That's usually around 5 p.m. And you get uh, 30 rations of ale and six tuppence per month. Tuppence. That's your job description. So if you are the guy who shows up at 5 a.m. and you start he- like the hustle culture version of that, is this is this analogy working or should we move on? If you, you show up at 5 a.m., you you're heating it. up all the rocks. You're heating up the other people's rocks because you know that down the line, you're going to be making the best beer. And when the overlord of your manor decides that he needs to like replace the uh, head of the brewery that is like moving into retirement and taking a job out on the estate, he's going to pick you because you've been there early every morning. You're the one showing up hustling. You're the one who heats up those rocks the fastest, the most consistent. Um, when there's like a random, like, let me, let's say there's a wine merchant who just visits the village. You're out there talking to him at the bar. Cause you're like, Hey, we could have some wine on at our tap room. And that would even bring in more people. Like I'm going to go up above and beyond to make myself stand out in this. And rock you're not going to get culture. paid anymore for it. Then that's the question, right? So then it's like, how does that contract work? It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, it's it's completely one sided, and it benefits the employer. And you you hold on to the fact that like, oh well, maybe you know, in a, it, oh if I do this, I, I'll maybe make partner next year. Like, yeah, I mean, it, we've we've had this culture of like uh, law firms that have gone down for decades to the idea of like the fast food workers. Like, oh, but if I work a little bit more of overtime without getting compensated for overtime, I'm gonna get manager. They're gonna love me, and they don't care. They don't care. And so okay, so so. But some people do. And so it seems like this phenomenon is very dependent upon like one of the things I always think about with companies is like culture starts at the top. So it's hard for me to speak on this to some extent 
or maybe I have just have a different perspective because it's like how whenever I did work in like companies with bosses and stuff like that, it always just felt like the bosses didn't do anything and just kind of like made the employees all do everything to some extent, which makes you feel resentful and like, yeah, why would you show up early? Why would you stay late? Even though that's the corporate culture they're trying to enforce, they're not doing that. I don't, I don't think that's quiet quitting. I think that's doing the expectations of your job. That's what I think too. Yeah. I think, I think quiet quitting is more along the lines of being, you've lost that luster to do, you know, anything above and beyond your description and you're just trying to make it by check by check um, and hoping that you do something else. But uh, pro tip, guys, start your own business if you can. <laughs> That's it, the hard part. It's office space. Yeah, I mean, I mean right. no, it's yeah. it's you're the right. scene where yeah. where what's his face is yeah. talking to John C. McRiley or whatever his name is, and, and he's like, yeah, you know, I just don't really have the motivation. Like, just uh, if I work harder, some fat cats get paid, and I don't see a dime. Yeah, yeah. that's exact. That's great. I never made that connection, but you're absolutely right. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, that bleeds across multiple industries. Brewing uh, is a, a brewing is really a, a thankless job mm-hmm. in, in all reality. I mean, these guys are doing everything to produce the things that we enjoy the most. Eating and, up those rocks, and, man. Yeah, I'm probably getting paid the least. Uh, and, you know, from my perspective, tech is no different. I mean, the people on the bottom lines that deal with the customers day in and day out really kind of get the brunt of like how that how that goes and everyone else is just like oh good you hit your numbers that's great we still have customer satisfaction pretty high so everyone must be happy you, you know what happens when you hit when you hit those numbers or when you exceed those numbers <laughs> you've hit a new bare minimum yeah, exactly yeah it's like the michael scott in the like the office thing is like you set your budget if you don't hit your budget like they take away your money did we really talk about uh, this was like six months ago but it was like this tweet that went viral in the brewing space of like how craft brewers don't make enough money to buy the beer that they make. I think I might remember that. And if anything, that just kind of connects to the Henry Ford idea is what that would be like a play on is like he wanted all of his employees, something he was famous allegedly for saying. And sure, there's a lot of there's a lot. There's enough fucked up shit about Henry Ford to criticize him for. But one of his stated goals, even if he didn't live up to it, was that he wanted each employee to be able to afford a model A or model T or whatever the heck their cheap car was. Yeah. So the the brewery side of that would be saying like I can't afford a nine dollar pint of Kolsch. Where are you getting a nine dollar pint of Kolsch? That sounds like <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's just a, that's just an out there example. Antarctica. Antarctica. Wow. Yeah, right. No, no, that sounds like a good deal. I mean, honestly, yeah, right. Okay. Right. So I, I do sympathize with that, and I do think it's true. Um, well, you know what Ford stands for, don't you? Fix again, Tony. Ah, I like it. Okay, I like it. I thought it was fix or repair daily. That sounds good too. But yeah. Fords are reliable. <laughs> that's what they told us. Oh, that's Fiat. Oh, but but I do agree. I mean, the the, the fix peop- it again, Tony. For, okay, yeah, I got it. Yeah, the 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 people that do this. Y'all don't watch King of the Hill. No. <laughs> it's been a long time. Damn I do love Mike Judge though. Yeah, I just damn it, Bobby is about as far as I go. <laughs> but yeah, these guys are in a thinkless position sometimes, mm-hmm. and. Um, you, you really can't afford. I mean, I, fuck, I can barely afford this hobby. So that's why we started a business. <laughs> that's like, that's yeah. a quiet quitting. Start aside this whole. And so that's the whole idea of side hustles, too. Um, I'll, I'll push back against the quiet quitters since I'm like the evil uh, capitalist amongst us or whatever. I was talking to one person who works in like a manufacturing industry in a supervisory role. And he's like, oh, I love quiet quitting. Let's me know who I don't need to promote. Let's me know when promotions come up. Like who Kevin, not Kevin to Leary. 
Yeah, it was Kevin O'Leary, actually. Yeah, we were having a beer the other day. So I, I sympathize with that position. Like, you're just kind of putting yourself to not stand out. But I, I think I'm more sympathetic to the idea that changing corporate culture to be like, do your job and do your job well is much healthier than like, try to do all this other shit that's not in your job description that there's no way to like measure your performance on that's get compensated for it. I mean, well, yeah. So ideally, like if you're like going above and beyond, you would have a performance review every year and you'd be like, Hey, this was my job description that you hired me on. These were my duties. This is what I've done in excess of my duties. And this is how I think it's bringing excess revenue into the company. If you would like me to continue doing these things and to expand them, give me this much more money based upon what I've made. But that's not how it works. Like in practice from everybody I've talked to who works in corporate like systems. No. And like a slight tangent is the, just the way that we identify people by their jobs and what they do and their value and worth is just immensely just incorrect. Like I remember a little bit, maybe early 2020 and people are getting upset about like, Oh, well these burger flippers are now going to make 18 to $21 an hour. Like they're doing a job. You're paying for the product. They're finally getting compensated for the job that they're doing. It has no effect on the job that they were doing. This is just the money that was steeping up to the top of these corporations is now finally having some distribution. Oh, did it finally? (laughs) Well, I I, I think so. I think we're getting there. But when you start labeling people by their job, it denotes a a value that isn't realistic because they have no control over that. Meanwhile, there's like a freaking set. You're also mad because there's a seven car wait outside of your fast food restaurant. So like that's not staffed because yeah, they well, don't yeah. pay them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so you're clearly that work has value. Yeah. I always got really mad, especially when I just started doing marketing stuff. Whenever I heard somebody like complain about the social media intern, mm. it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, OK, you're diminishing the job that much to like only only an intern would be doing this. Like, dude, you don't even know that their salaries <laughs> devoted to this kind of work. And in truth, that intern is the only person who probably knows how to do that job because they're the people who are like fresh in that social media space. Like, you couldn't do this. CEO who's like, this is, I'm, now I'm being like ageist, but yeah. like the old person does not know how to effectively post on like TikTok or no. like whatever. How to save as a PDF. Don't cancel me, but when Congress. I was when I was 21, I had a lot to learn. I still do all the time, but I did work directly. I was the only subordinate underneath a director at a, a large corporation and I was an intern. So it was director, no associate director, no systems analyst, no nothing. It was just director intern yeah and i got the most workload put on me <laughs> period <laughs> i was making nothing and i i value the experience it was totally worth it but like god damn <laughs> like no you can't you can't do that well for you and yeah you didn't last there i mean you didn't yeah. want to be there uh, much longer so yeah yeah pay oh. your people 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 if people do work that you want pay them for it yeah is yeah it, is it my turn to talk about quiet quilting Quiet quilting. Now that is a movement I can support. Yeah, it's yeah. like you just sit in a room. You got your squares. You don't really talk to anybody. Do you, do you get paid to do it though? I think it's more for the love of the. the patch. You put it on your cottage core like Instagram uh, feed or whatever. It's your side hustle. Here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. When when did hobbies become side hustles? Hmm. When people decided they were valuable, and when people that had too much money decided buying quilts was. Cool. But like. Can't I just <laughs> so, so so here here's like why can't I just relax on on the weekend? Why do I have to have a side hustle? Because you're a quiet quitter or quiet quitter. 
No, I'm just just like whatever <laughs> happened to us. Just like like. I know. I, I, f- I know what you mean. Like it's the work. I'll tell you what I think the answer is: is that nobody can make enough like money doing a nine to five these days. Like some people do, but a lot of people that I know who work in nine to fives like don't. A they don't actually work in nine to fives. They work in fucking like whenever you wake up and check your email to like midnight. Oh, so you get ball- calls from your boss at 11 p.m.? Yeah. That sounds weird. And then like they still, you're still like, well, I wish I had another X amount of money to spend on like going to see a movie this month, which is <laughs> like so expensive or like going out to eat, which is so expensive or buying groceries, which is so expensive. So I think uh, that probably is a sign that we're moving away from the quote unquote, like nine to five work 40 years and get a gold watch and a pension type of society no, 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 no. into something there's, new. There's no pension. There's no there's, there's, there's no gold watch either. No. Really. It's just no. a Casio watch. Yeah, from Wish. That's a pat on the back. Say, oh, you're quitting? Ugh. And you're really also fired. <laughs> like, Can yeah. you wait until like next quarter, though, to quit? Yeah. Because we could really use you right now. You're putting us in a really hard position. You know who has a good work structure in the international environment? The, the Germans. The Germans. Yeah, right. especially in like the 1500s or 1600s. No, like today. Oh, okay. Yeah, like yeah. Their, their benefits are incredible. Uh, mandatory time off. And uh, they also make really good beer. So, Well, uh, since uh, you made that segue, I'll just go ahead and do it uh, unnaturally uh, and say that, yeah, we have a little game uh, that I'm going to test uh, John and David on. I'm personally very excited about this experiment. It's a a blind Oktoberfest tasting. We have uh, different... uh, We have so much Oktoberfest that we're going to be blind by the time that we are finished with it. We have different Louisville uh, area beers to try. We have a a little shadow box... uh, with uh in classic john renane style with uh you know some piping coming out of it uh because we didn't buy straws so quarter inch id uh vinyl transfer tubing buy it straight out of stock you can get it on bluegrass homebrewsupply.com no they're out now <laughs> we're, uh, we're out of stock yeah, now. now you're out <laughs> uh but if you want to we're gonna do this obviously but if you want to see what's going on again we have a patreon patreon.com slash ky comments we should just put this up for free so people could just like go straight to the site and yeah, see it but this is gonna this thing looks strange enough that we have made um we'll we'll clip this and we'll put up a clip on our patreon uh, for the viewing public, yeah. Let's, I like it. It's my peak artistic abilities. So it's like I, I thought this was a Banksy when it first got here. Honestly, <laughs> actually, once we're done uh, drinking, it just explodes. So <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Wasn't that his like thing that went so, to the art museum? So you all close your eyes. All right, all right, all right. And uh, talk amongst yourselves. And uh, let me uh, get this situated here. <clears throat> open, open some beers up. <clears throat> so again, I will edit. <clears throat> portion of this. I thought you were doing the eye thing now, so maybe yeah. not. I'm, I'm going full Jordy well, we don't We don't edit this podcast. We yeah, well, first for <laughs> like strange clips. We've edited it before. This is uh, surprisingly difficult to see. Um, I want to talk about a beer that I had recently at Noble Funk Brewing. Uh-huh. It was a caramel macchiato Ooh. brown ale. What is caramel macchiato? What is macchiato? Macchiato is a coffee drink. Okay. With, uh, damn it, I'm going to, I think it's evaporated milk. It could be steamed milk. That sounds right. Pretty sure steamed milk's a latte and evaporated milk is not. I'll have to refer to the chart. However, this damn thing was exactly as advertised. <laughs> what was the base beer? <laughs> I believe it was a brown. Okay, nice. That sounds good. But, um, crazy amount of just residual sugar and great 
great caramel and coffee flavor. Uh, could not tell the difference. They're doing some good pizzas over there too. Every week I see on their social media whatever their like pizza of the week is, and I'm like, oh boy. Yes, the Noble Hearth. Yeah. A little bird said that they might be opening a little bit earlier sometime soon. Nice. So, and uh, we just found out about their collaboration with Lola Beer Week, but we will save that. We can yeah, tease it. No, no. All right, we'll save it. But they have a good that. they have a good collaboration that they're working on with a local brewery that we don't know about because it hasn't been decided yet. That you can't know about yet. Uh, but yeah, every year for Louisville Beer Week, year five, we're coming into it. But I'm hard got, to believe that we've been doing this for five years. Yeah, so every year, one of the staples that we've been pushing as far as programming has always been a blind uh, collab between two breweries. And uh, the blind being that we randomize it and select it. No, rather the randomizer selects it and um, then they kind of just get to experience their own kind of deal yeah. and figure it out between two of them. Can and I spill some inner ale trail beef? I don't think so. Come on. I don't know. Well, we ended up doing the right thing, so I think it's good to share that no, we're transparent. No, you can't put that to the universe. All right, fine. Yeah, anyway, for patrons only. How's it going over there, Michael? I see hoses. <laughs> Anybody said uh, the, these uh, these uh, half inch uh, hoses are really good. They're very stiff and exactly what you need. Uh, however, um, <laughs> I don't know about the shadow box. It's pretty shoddy, shoddy shadow box there's, work. There's some hose in these house. Yeah, two what two tubes, one can. I will say, just be very careful about actually handling the hose. Okay. I will, I will be nice to the host. I'm always careful handling, yeah. Uh, this shit's going to spill over pretty quickly if you uh, move anything too Okay, much. deal. Oh, no. I hope it's not my wide. Uh, so the th what's happening, basically, is we have a big cardboard box that David and I cannot see inside of. I think this is a TikTok trend, isn't it? No, this is a it's traditional a life trend. Uh, trend. Japanese. Okay. Uh, double double line box, tasting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a Shinto tradition. Yes. Two vinyl tubes have been inserted into each beer can that we can't see, each one of which contains a, an Oktoberfest that we do not know what it is, but it is made by a local Louisville brewery. I think so. And I don't know. How do you want, how do you want to do this? We taste them all. Do you want to talk about it as we go, or should we just all taste each one and then talk about it? I think we taste and talk. Taste and, taste and talk. Yeah. I, I think one person at this table knows the answer. So. Well, Moeller. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not tasting it. You can taste it. Well, I, I'm just excited to split a hose with you. Yeah, so. it's two tubes, one can. <laughs> this is going to be very... Um, our, our faces are going to be very close to each other, sucking out of these two tubes at the same time. So this is good, good, good Patreon content right here. All right, we're labeling number one, number two, presumably, number three. We can count. Well, let's make it official. We get it. <laughs> you still made it. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. Number four. Number five, four. Okay. <laughs> this down. looks like the like the Zodiac killer. I can't writing over here. Number five and number six. Did you know uh, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote many languages before he ever wrote a book? A la Quintiento. I just made that up. All right. So we should start with number five, right? I'm just seems, kidding. Seems After Muller ordered them. Um, can, you, can you tell us which six beers we might be tasting and we might take now because i actually left one out so that way you wouldn't know <clears throat> oh okay. one's, one's an empty straw <laughs> no i just think there were there were more beers and i left one out so okay all right all right uh so the procedure here i guess you just we could make the microphones ambient and i could just dial it up in editing so we can just be free to taste i think we'll we'll do that all right 
Number one? Do not spill this. Do not spill this. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay, you're Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait for Michael to move. This, okay. is, this is a shot. Prime, primo. All right, all right. right. All right. Number one, October. Let's, let's try this. Right, you're both sipping it at the same time. That's a bold move. Okay. Mm. Sipping number one. Mm. Reminds me of college. Very light. A little malty. Um, malty. It's more bitter. I, uh -huh. I think it's bitter. A little bit more hot bite coming through. Yeah. I have no idea which one that is. Well, we don't know what any of them are, so. Oh, this is gonna be very difficult. I think we we should just rank them. I would okay. It's on the lighter scale. It's on the lighter scale. Yeah. It's more festy, and you're right. There's definitely more of like a balancing hop thing kind of coming yeah. through. I, I have to agree. Okay. Tube two. Oh, I'm I'm dripping out my tube. No By the way, no spillage. When uh when like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk own all of us, and it's the year 2053, and we all drink beer out of these that. like cryo tubes that get pumped into our house. This is how this is how we're all going to be drinking beer in 30 years. Out of tubes with friends. I, I or, think or acquaintances. Yes. <laughs> This is something that COVID could never afford it. Well, two tubes. Okay. Two tubes. Okay. Uh, as far as beer one goes, out of, out of 10. Uh -huh. One more taste. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at it. It's like a uh, six and a half, seven. If I was going to write some criticisms of it. Um, Speak a number, like one through 10. Six and a half. Okay, so you just picked exactly what I said. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. I need. I should listen to people. It's talk. funny that you weren't listening. No, I wasn't and listening totally at all. All right, number two. Number two. I love that you all just look like your fucking lady in the tramp over there. Oh. Basically, we are. As, as long as there's not too much backwash. Oh god. So smoother, less hoppy. I think coming off of number one. Festier. Yeah, I would agree. I get more Vienna malt vibe. Yeah. Kind of less caramelization, just more, more clean and light and bright. I can, I can so still number two. All right. <laughs> Don't make those noises when you sip it. <laughs> what were, it throws what me off. Sip? That's my normal. I, I, I <laughs> do that all the time. Okay. I'm going I'm to give that a slightly higher score. That's probably like an eight. Yeah, I, I agree. And then, not that it's like a perceivably like better than number one but it seems more to style than me for a fest beer maybe sure. on the lighter side yeah 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 <clears throat> this is this is gonna win a fucking emmy this is content I'm telling no you. this is this is going great i uh, i love <laughs> that uh we're not spilling too much beer but also kind of a little bit mm, i should have done it while i was sipping okay so that one's got a little bit more it's a lot of caramel mm -hmm. a lot darker a lot of caramel uh, but also the the flavor is much richer. I saw I was gonna say sweeter. too. It's more yeah. of that caramelized kind of like on the back of your palate. Um, it, it lingers for. A I while. think that one might be higher ABV too, perhaps. Just number, you like, think number three is higher ABV? Well, maybe the alcohol. I feel like the alcohol is coming up in my throat a little bit. Interesting. Oh, but Michael knows. <laughs> That's not fair, Michael. <laughs> And maybe it could be the it could be the tube to tubing differential, or that I could be drinking sadly backwash out of that one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I feel like something it. wrong just happened, but I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what. It's a little um, 
get a little more bitterness. I on actually, the second type. I actually connected them so that way they're just <laughs> sucking each other's juices out. <laughs> this is like some fucking social experiment gone very wrong. I'm, I'm gonna go seven on that one. I like that one. I'm gonna go a little lower than the last one. Um, just because I th- think it might be. That might be more of a six. I don't know. Like, there's something about it. Your shadow box needs to be better. I'm going to go... What do you mean? I can't see anything. I'm going to go seven on that one, I think. What'd you give it? I gave gave it a seven. Okay. Okay. Because it's a little bit more Oktoberfesty than the first one. I'm trying to figure out what's bad because these are all, like, not... No, they're all good. Not so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mm. The something about the tube makes it really sit in your stomach. (laughs) I don't know if you're experiencing that. We're halfway done. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Number four. (coughs) Or as is written here... Some kind of weird uh that's a, that's a four I wrote. All right, getting rid of that tube gas. I'm ready for number four. Yeah. You ready? Uh, you got some tube gas to expel? Yeah, yeah. I, I can wait. I can wait. It's it's deep in the, the, the You're yeah. getting tube gas too. I'm yeah. glad it's not just me. Mm. <laughs> See, it's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. It was, <laughs> it was funnier when I did it. Yeah, it was funnier when you did it. Pretty good. Yeah, way, way crispy. Way crispy. Very light. Yeah. Hard to find anything to complain about. Very low hop, but very low hop. Very like soft. I would say it's the softest. This again might have something to do with the longer tube. Yeah, that's a sweet, like crispy, mm-hmm. crackery deal instead of like a, a bready type. It's crackery. I have to say, this one might be my favorite so far. Interesting. Does that mean, that mean you're giving it a eight and a half or a nine? I'm thinking about it more like a fest beer than a traditional Oktoberfest, just because it's very light. Uh, but I'll give it, I'll give it an eight and a half. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, we're going to be averaging these scores so that yeah. way when we tally everything up, we're going to figure out the collective. Well, Muller, oh, you don't, can get don't on worry. These we too. we have all decided the same score for everything. <laughs> oh, okay, there you really? Go. So far, yeah. I haven't been copying you. <laughs> no, you've just not been listening to me. That's true. That's true. All right, number uh, five. Oh, these tubes. Wow, it's like a... Mm. <laughs> Y'all have never looked closer. <laughs> yeah, that that is definitely more of Oktoberfest. More malty. Yeah. Much more Munich-y. Munich bitterness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that a lot, too. It's bready. Okay, so this is where it's going to get a little bit tricky because I think I like this more, but that's what, because which number four, the one we just did, but that's because I know it's more festy. This is more... Scott Hands and I, one of the last conversations we ever had was what makes a great... We were judging beers at the Atrium uh, homebrew thing, and I said that the Oktoberfest that should get the highest score was because I liked it more, and he said, you're wrong. You have to go by style guidelines. This is more like what an Oktoberfest should taste like. And that is what an Oktoberfest is. Yeah. So that has to get high ranks just for being on style, even though I think I prefer four more personally. I like four, but I think five is perfect in Oktoberfest world. You want to go first so I can copy you or you want me to go first so I can't copy you? I think this takes the highest for me. It's it's going to be it's a nine. Okay, I go eight point eight point seven five for me. I'm not copying you. I, I live my own life. I do my own thing. I'm Scott, gonna, I'm going to have a little bit more of the five. All right, you're getting there. Mm. Uh, okay, now you're on to the six, John. That was number five again for me. Okay. Number six straw is still, six tube is still dry. All right, final one. 
two straws, one cup. Yep, that's my favorite. I think it's blended the the fest and Oktoberfest right down the middle. It is kind of right in the middle of four yeah. and five. All right, I'm going to go back to number five. More. This is this is the problem with going in order because now I question mm-hmm. my ranking on number everything five. number one and number sure. two. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock number five down just a hair to a seven. Number six is kind of right in the middle. I think it's yeah. not as caramelly sweet as number five. It's got a lighter, brighter malt profile, but it's still very. Um, There's floral. Yeah. To it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess if what what did I get five eight point seven five? This is such a strange score. So I'll, I'll give number six a nine. I guess. Yeah. Is nine? that what you did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. All right, Moeller, you want to sip these tubes? Uh, I don't want to share <laughs> those tubes. We'll make noises while wanna, you sip. I don't want to get my tubes tied. We'll give you the, <laughs> the ASMR. You don't want to get that experience. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Uh, so do, do, so do you want to take like a random guess though? Like oh what you God. think? Because like you have an idea of what we have available. We have an idea. Granted, yeah. I tell, took one out. Tell us what the five are. All right. I'll tell you what the five are. Okay. <clears throat> oh, those those tube burps are something else though. We've yeah. got Mawide, Monic, Goodwood, Gravely, West Six, Falsity. Oh man, I honestly have no fucking idea. Uh, I have I have ideas. Um, with this context, er, I do think number six is Kajal von Schnitzelberg from Monic Brewing. I also think number four. I think number four is is Monic. No. Wait, you said number six is Monic. I think number six is Monic. I think number four is Monic. Okay. Mm, okay, this is what you think. I th- number four. I think number two is West Six. I think number four is West Six. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> David said, <Sandler laughs> going back to the tubes and dripping all over the score sheet. But yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. This is how they do it in Munich, right? This is this uh, is how they do it on, on TikTok. In <laughs> Munich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't had gravely. Um, I'm guessing five is Goodwood. Mm. I think number one perhaps is Highwire. Is that one of them? I did not get oh, Highwire's high option. Wires. Okay. Uh, it's dripping all over the score sheet. <laughs> okay. Uh, my my official guess is number one is Gravely. I think number one is Goodwood. Okay. Well, let me or wait, did I already do Goodwood? <laughs> let me let me get through mine, and then you can. Okay. Share. Sorry. Yeah. Are these yours? Yeah. Yeah. So I think one I think is Gravely. Right. Wait. Write it down so I can remember what you I've said. I've got it right now. Hold on. Okay. Put it just put a G under there for you. I think number two is Mile Wide. I think number three is West Six. Uh, number four is Fall City. Number five, Goodwood. And number six, Monarch. John, would you like to take a guess? I have no no idea, but I think number one is Goodwood. Is that what you said? That's what I said. I think number two is perhaps West Sixth. I think number three. I don't know. Let me. I'll, maybe I'll come back to that. I think number 
four was Monet. No. Come on. No, I don't know. I think number four is Tall City. Five, uh, freaking mile wide. Six. I have no idea. Well, you only have two options left. What are they? Goodwood? Or No, I already... I can't... I don't know. This is too confusing, and all of my previous guesses have been covered up in drips, <laughs> so I can't see them anymore. Okay, so you don't just have any... You don't have any guesses on six? That was my favorite one. Um, I think it might be Fall City. Any guesses on three? That's one you said you go back to. Gravely. I, I these experiences tend to be incredibly humbling. So yeah, I know. I'm, right. I'm ready to be completely wrong on all of this. Hey, c- congrats! You each got one correct. Yeah, oh, goddamn it! <laughs> uh, Shit, it's actually kind of good, I guess. I'm actually very impressed, but because you, it's the one that you were each the most confident in. Really, <laughs> David okay. called out Kaiser from Schnitzelberg from a mile away. Okay. At number six. Okay. Yeah. And uh, John knew immediately that number two was West Six. Okay. Donka Chain. Okay. Uh, if you'd like to know, number one. Yeah. Was Mile Wide. Okay. Number two, West Six. Number three, Goodwood. Number two, West Six. Number three, Goodwood. Okay. Number four, Gravely. Okay. Number five, five Fall, Fall City. City. Okay. Yeah. Six, Monic. Wow. That was very fun and very unexpected. If any of the people who listened to this or like what it made these beers listen to this, that was incredibly hard. <laughs> it's like you taste with your brand association first because every say and, and to be fair, I think a lot of these were more in the fest beer category and more were in the Oktoberfest category and we were judging more for Oktoberfest. I think being that close to John Renane really threw off my palate. Especially so. the mm, that was you though. Yeah. I almost threw in one of these polar seltzers <laughs> in there. But uh, that we only had six places. I didn't yeah. want to cause a cause a scene. Uh, congrats, guys! I mean, you you just one out you, of six. You killed it. <laughs> hey. Okay, I do have one more. If you will both close your eyes and just do one sip and just tell me what you think, it'll take two I seconds to this, do. I played this game in fifth grade. I, I promise it's I nothing know. raunchy. Close your eyes. Mm. Okay, fine. I actually have another close your eyes segment coming up. I don't like this game. I don't. Why didn't y'all tell me how awkward this was? Welcome to the show. Hey, does anyone know when Hawks is opening? Keep them closed, hands out, and just let's see what this tastes like. Pilsner or Kel? Is this a can of beer? You just have to taste it. It's Oktoberfest. We just have to see how it is. And if it's good or if it's bad, you can't look at it first. It's a 12 ounce can. 12 ounce can. Is it good or is it bad? It smells it. That's pretty good whistling, Michael. That's actually very good whistling. All right. Can I sip this now? Mm-hmm. I just have to say if it's good or bad. Yep. If is it a good Oktoberfest, how does it rank in the rankings? That's that's middle of the pack. Right I there. agree. Yeah. I mean, to be uh, fair, everything I say is fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's brew dog. It was at the store. <laughs> so, yeah. I just wanted to know how it was. I didn't know either. It's fine. This is the first. It was middle of the pack. Uh, did you all know that BrewDog actually came out with a Lord of the Rings beer? It's called Fellowship IPA. Yeah, I saw that. And I was wondering how it's legal or if they just don't care. No, it's, well, it's, no, it's a brand they partnership. licensed it? Yeah. With who? Amazon? Or with like yeah, the prob- freaking Tolkien family? Probably either that or or Peter Jackson. or Because like it's, it's branded Lord of the Rings like in the font. So... 
whatever rights that they have. Have you been watching that show, Lou? They yeah. might have talked to the elves of Arendelle and gotten their explicit oh, permission. Fuck, David. That's Damn, right. dude. Deep I, knowledge. I forgot that David all of a sudden has been watching Lord of the Rings like all of them for the first time. You know, the only thing that would make this conversation about Lord of the Rings taste better and these uh, beers taste better. If we, Do you guys want to talk a little bit about Lord of the Rings? We, we already were. So, okay, let me bust out. Close your eyes one more time. No, Lord of the Rings no, props. No, no, no. Lord no, of the Rings no, props. No. Props? Can't I just like you can drink your something done, you can drink it by the flagon, but the only brew for the brave. Oh my god, I'm I open my eyes. Dragon. So, if we're gonna talk about Lord of the Rings, I got Ugh. us all these are actually the prancing pony. Not they actually make some green dragon. This, my now. friend, is this from Harry Potter? Wait, it comes in pints, it comes in pints. I'm getting one. Wait. Uh, yeah, just watched uh, all three extended editions of oh the God. original trilogy. So what well, I, I do love, like, this part wasn't really um, <laughs> planned, <laughs> it was just <laughs> now. Do you want to be Gandalf? Or the, is, this, uh, is this a Galadriel wig? Hey guys, John here. Despite my uh, usual philosophy of not editing this podcast at all, I have clipped out the bit of us rustling cellophane to open the Lord of the Rings packages that I bought online to make us wear during the discussion of the television show. This part came out so ridiculous that we have clipped it and put it as a free video on our Patreon. So if you guys want to see uh, Moeller wearing this Galadriel wig, uh, there's a link right down below in the description that'll take you over there for the free video segment of this week's podcast. Thank you all, as always, for listening. Now back to the show. So have you guys been watching that uh, new Lord of the Rings show? I watched the old one, but <laughs> the new one's cool, too. So if, for those of you who don't know, we'll make this spoiler free or spoiler light. The elves are black and people are mad. Yeah. Which, I, okay, so if we wanted to start there. No. No. We're not going <laughs> to start no. there. Okay, wait no. a second. That was a statement. Not Let's a start here. Opening. So David Satterley, you just watched the original Lord of the Rings trilogy for the first time. Yes, I watched the trilogy of the Third Age. Did you like it? I, I absolutely loved it. And I really can't comprehend why people like Game of Thrones after watching this because... Yeah. Not only it's not the was, same thing. It's was different. 12 and a half hours extremely succinct for the plot line that was going on. There were no loose ends. It was kind of all tied up. There was history. There was lore. Um, it seemed extremely well produced for 2001 through 2003. For like no money too. Peter Jackson did that on like a shoestring. Yeah. It was and all filmed like, at once, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. So but, it wasn't yeah. even 2001 through 2003. It was filmed in like 1999. Yeah. It, I mean, just the sheer amount of uh, like one thing I really don't like with movies today is just the, the lean on CGI like incredibly. Mm -hmm. You don't mean like it's lean on CGI. You mean like they're leaning on CGI. Leaning on CGI. Yeah. 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 And this whole series definitely had about a million pieces in it that were CGI, but they didn't feel extremely CGI. It didn't feel like green screen. It felt like they were just acting and like getting getting it done well they also peter jackson relied heavily and like redefined in some way like those great side he made it like a freaking horror movie from uh like the like jurassic park era like so the so the reason practical I, effects so the reason i had never seen it <clears throat> right so in 2001 i was oh i guess <laughs> 2001 i was eight More years found old. the ears i was eight years old so i went to see <laughs> the original 
uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Turns out that movie is fucking terrifying for a first grader. Well, Bilbo, yeah. Bilbo, when he's like, <laughs> oh yeah, dude, when he turns into like a little mini Schmeagle. Well, and then the the, the Lord the Ring Ring Race. <laughs> the, yeah, the Ring Race come in, and you're just like, no. So I'm like ninety percent sure I spent the rest of the movie with my eyes closed because yeah, my dude. grandma did not want to leave because she liked the movie. Yeah, but she was like, stop bitching, like just don't watch it if you don't want to. So I didn't. I ho- I really respect that he did make it i, I rewatched I re- it again i've repressed that for 20 years yeah. and now i watched it it's great i'll watch it again i'll probably watch it tomorrow <laughs> it'll be great it'll be the best there ever was so then the hobbit movies came out and spoiler for david have you ever read the hobbit no it's All like right. a 800 pages <laughs> no it's not the hobbit is it's like, like 100 uh, pages it's like a three hour read tops it's easy yeah there's a really good audiobook too at an audible mm. um the Hobbit is a great book. The movies, if you guys, I don't know if you guys agree, but I thought they were garbage. I like recently, garbage. I recently rewatched the first one, uh, like in the last week, uh, because I was reminded that the first Hobbit movie wasn't that bad. No, the first one was okay. The other two are complete hot garbage, and they don't deserve the name. Yeah, because they did that thing David was talking about, where it, a it was all leaning on CGI, and then in lack of like. A plot. They just dragged out things that never get resolved. They just created all these elements that went nowhere. Nothing had anything to do with anything. It was like very much a production studio gone wrong. Yeah. Enter. I, oh yeah. Any more thoughts there? Uh, I was just gonna say that I can't believe that this is all happening right now. I mean, we're just wearing <laughs> these like costumes. Like we actually wore the costumes long enough to forget that we were wearing costumes. Yeah. Uh, does the beer taste better out of these prancing pony mugs? Uh, the 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 uh, blessing that Gandalf gave to Barlaman Butterbur, the owner of the Prancing Pony. Um, I thought this was a Harry Potter reference. <laughs> was your may your ales be laid under a enchantment of surpassing excellence for the next like seven generations or something? So everything should taste better out of a Prancing Pony mug. All right, so the Hobbit movies were done, and then <laughs> a <laughs> decade later, however the hell long people it are was, aware of what's going on in culture right now. Like they, they, they like people. There's Lord of the Rings show on. Yes, we heard the because age. new show is coming out on yeah, Amazon. It's good. It's four four episodes in. It's very good. We heard there was a lot of like hubbub. Like everybody had an opinion. They they cast it uh, multiculturally, how, how which people that. were like in support of or angry about. But really, all we want to talk about so far is the production. Is that wig pretty? <laughs> pretty swarmy oh it's so hot yeah i can imagine like all that polyester Ugh. um and i'll i could have a list a mile long to like nitpick and critique the current amazon show but by and large i am on team bezos at this point which is something i've never That's great publicly like want, thought that i would want to say uh based on how bad the hobbit was my expectations were like below zero um I think that they, while a lot of the writing is very cheesy, I think that they're tying into themes in a good way. And while a lot of people do compare it, like David said, to like uh, Game of Thrones or whatever, there's like what the House of Dragons or whatever. Have you been watching yeah, that? Yeah, no, no, I have. So I was going to say, I've been, so r- both of those are on right now at the same time. Uh-huh. I think both are like four episodes in or so. Uh, I really, I think the the I watched the House of Dragons episode first and then... Lord of the Rings and um, obviously both very similar in in the concept it's you know medieval type characters and 
and sword fighting and like just far away place and knights epic. and epic. Yeah, it's ep- epic tales. Uh, they're completely different tones. Yeah. Even though the Lord of the Rings show is pretty d- damn dark uh, with, uh, you know, the coming of Sauron and everything. Um, the It's more like mythologically dark, whereas like Game of Thrones is always just more like it's heavy topics, heavy topics. Yeah. Uh, and and that being said, like watching them back to back like I like I am now every week. Uh, it is a tough show. Uh, the uh, Game of Thrones House of Dragon is tough to watch right after watching a new episode of Lord of the Rings. Is there more or less incest? Or- <laughs> so there's more. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it gets kind of kind of dicey up in the House of Dragon, you know, up and you know they're talking all Valerian and everything or whatever. And here's here's what I'll make a strong statement in favor of, and I, I actually am not a hater of the George R. R. Martin uh, verse or whatever, but it's not the same. It's not supposed to be the same thing. Like he, Game of Thrones is a response to Lord of the Rings in many ways, uh, in that he was trying to make it more like based on actual humans and like the gritty, dirty day to day life. It's a gritty reboot of War- Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, listen, that's kind of what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, it, it's fine. I mean, it's uh, they're both, both really good. good. Books yeah. are great. I actually really like the Game of Thrones books. But you know, we're not here to talk about books. We're here to talk about fucking beers. We're not nerds. So go out and buy a uh, Fellowship IPA uh, from Brewdog. That's the whole point uh, of the segment. I, I actually, don't because like, I don't no, really please care don't. about Brewdog. Yeah. I'm sure it's not actually that. Go good. take. Uh, go buy a Prancing Pony or Green Dragon mug on the internet. Take it to your local craft brewery and say it comes in pints. John, John you you already had uh, that entire segment as a plug, so we're going to count that. David, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think the most exciting thing that I can plug coming up is just uh, Louisville Beer Week. I mean, getting kicked off for the fifth year in a row. Um, this is a great thing that we've been doing for five years. It seems like it's bigger and better than ever. Um, we're kicking it off this year with the festival at German American Club, which if you've never been there, incredible venue, yeah. tons of space, great food, awesome people, and incredible beer. So hope to see all your favorite local breweries there. Um, throughout the week, we'll be hosting a couple events, a couple panels um, that we always do. There's going to be the Women in Beer panel that we um, have partnered with Pink Boots Society this year to kind of host and put that on. It'll be at Logan Street Market. Um, and I can't wait for that. And this year we're introducing a new panel, um, calling it from stave to glass where we intend to have many different people in the barrel world come in and talk a little bit about how wood affects, uh, beer, beverages, spirits, things that we all love to drink, um, and shine a little light on that. So, uh, keep your, keep your ears peeled for some details on those two events and, uh, the festival for itself. But yeah, we're we're rolling strong into this one. I, I feel really good about it. Going to be really fun. Really looking forward to it. Uh, on my end, um, you know, a while back we had Jessica on, and she brought in uh, the new release of uh, Hidden Jessica Barn. Atkins. Yep, yep. Jessica Atkins' new Hidden Barn uh, bourbon from uh, Jackie Zykin in, in fifty two eighty out in Colorado, and. Uh, uh, the folks at Neely uh, Family Distillery. Uh, over the weekend, I got to try a new uh, expression of that bourbon. It was uh, it was finished in Madeira casks. Ooh. Uh, shout out to that product because that was one of the best damn whiskeys I've had in recency. Uh, I think there's a limited supply going out into the market, uh, but 
a little insider knowledge, Mile Wide here in Louisville got those barrels, those Madeira barrels. Oh, so they're nice. going to age some, um, believe, base beer, Uncle Disheveled, in those barrels. What and, does Madeira uh, taste like? Vanillin. We need to try just sure. Material. We'll say that vanillin. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, that that was a really, really great uh, bottle, um, and I was happy to buy it and sample it at the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, which you've never been to. Also, shout out to Kentucky Bourbon Festival. And with that, I'm gonna continue drinking my seltzers, and you all keep drinking your Oktoberfest. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. I'm gonna put my Lord of the Rings costume back on. You guys thinking maybe do that, hang out for a couple hours, watch the next episode? I, I think we probably could. Okay.